Can you hear me? Okay. Thank you for uh, thank you for inviting me. Let me just get set up here. And um, coming from an Anglican church, there's not any robes or liturgy or anything, so we'll have to make do. But uh, I'm really I'm really grateful to be here. So my name is Matt Kosowski. Uh, I am the executive director of For the Nations DC. Uh, you guys have supported us really generously over the years, not just financially, but I, I don't know this for sure, but I, perhaps person for person, you guys might have more volunteers come from this church than any of our others. It is, uh, there's a, a number of people, just saw Kayla today, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a real blessing for, to serve with you all. And I'm really grateful to be uh, preaching the word, so let's uh, dig into it. We're in Ephesians 4. And as you look, let me just uh, pray to commit this time to the Lord. Father God, we thank you for your word. We're thankful that we can be under it. Thankful that you can, that you teach us with it. You form us with it. And Lord, I pray that you would do that today. And I pray that the meditation of my heart and mind would be pleasing to you and that your people would be encouraged and strengthened for the service that you have for them. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So um, I was told you've got no takers in here, which makes it really exciting for a preacher. And um, so I had to really get on my uh, game to organize this. I can't just tell random stories here and there. So <laughs> that being said, I'm going to start with Kung Fu Panda. And I'm not joking. So for you note takers, you can put intro Kung Fu Panda. And I'm talking about number one. And just how many people have seen Kung Fu Panda 1? All right, this is going to land well, but I'll, I'll explain some of it. So and um, because I'm starting with Kung Fu Panda because it deals with a, a central issue that comes up in this passage. We're in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, so please be there. We're going we're gonna to really go there, I, I promise. But, but back to Kung Fu Panda. As the story goes, many of you know there's a, a panda. He's fat. He's funny. He's voiced by Jack Black. And he's a Kung Fu enthusiast. Like, he loves Kung Fu, but he's terrible at it. He's super uncoordinated. And that's, that's, that's the good guy in the story. The bad guy is a wolf named Tai Long. He's in prison to start, and there's this amazing scene where he gets out of prison with some crazy, cool kung fu stuff. And he's very, very angry, and he's going to destroy this whole beautiful valley set sometime in China, probably in the Tang Dynasty would be my guess. Oh, by the way, just as a word of... Uh, it's really great to hear from you guys before I get too far into Kung Fu Panda. And just our story is... Uh, it connects a little bit with you guys. We, we were overseas. My wife, Jill, and uh, my two oldest are here. And we were in, in China for 12 years, four years in three different cities. And now we've been here in the D.C. area for five years. So I can relate to, I know this is a lot of, there's a lot of transit. I mean, the name transit is in this church. And a lot of, there's a lot of turnover. And so I can relate to that as I was kind of thinking of our story. And we're, we're really blessed. I'm really blessed to serve with you um, today. So thank you. So back to the panda. We've got... The Kung Fu, fat, Kung Fu enthusiast, we've got the wolf, Tai Long is the bad guy, and then you've got a, a there's actually a red panda, I had to look this up, it looks like, kind of like a raccoon, and that's Shurfu, he's the master, right? And through a series of funny circumstances, the panda becomes chosen as the dragon warrior, and the dragon warrior's job is to, to fight the evil. And in order to, to have power to do that, he's given the dragon scroll, which if you remember the movie, it's... It's way up top on this, inside this really kind of cool temple-like building. And, and at a kind of a climax in the movie, he, uh, he opens up the dragon scroll. And the dragon scroll is going to give him unlimited kung fu power to defeat the enemy. But the scroll is basically a mirror. And in the funny scene, he's going like this with the scroll. And he's like, what's going on with it? It's shining to himself because this is 2008 Kung Fu Panda. This is a Hollywood movie. And their main 
theme is to believe in yourself. That's the message, believe in yourself. But the really ironic thing about that movie is the, the whole undergirding of the, the, the panda's, really his likability and his character comes from his community, comes from the people around him. He's got a father who loves him, runs a noodle shop. He's a goose. He's rather funny. He's got the old mentor, the turtle who chose him and encourages him. And then, of course, his master, the, the raccoon, red panda. And then, but then he's got friends, too, the, you know, the Furious Five. At first, they're not quite sure of him, and then they, they really come, come to like him. And it's, it's really the community that kind of undergirds who he is. He's not looking to himself for, for strength. He's actually propped up by his community. And even the fact that he's fighting at all is to kind of preserve the people, people of the valley. And so this passage really speaks into that idea of community quite, quite powerfully, far better than Kung Fu Panda did. And that's kind of the drive. We want to drive into this passage. So we're going to start in uh, so it's Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And I'm going to read it here to, to begin, and then we're going to kind of dive into it. So Ephesians 4, 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So, let me pray. Oh, I already prayed. Sorry. This is, you're going to teach her as a preacher, you know, I'm going all over the place. So, so let's, um, so I want to kind of, in this passage says a lot about community. And so I want to dive into kind of three things. And if when you read this, it seems a little bit awkward. It's actually two sentences in English. It's one whole really long one in Greek. So it does, it does seem a little bit awkward. So I want to try to kind of pick it apart a little bit and hopefully glean some things out of it. But, and these are three points. So for your note takers, the first one is the purpose of the community the second is the plan of the community, and the third is the power of the community. So, point one, the purpose of community. And we're going to look here at verse 13. So the purpose here is that we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. And so I want to comment a little bit on that day of knowledge of Son of God, because I think in um, the, the, more I, the more I read and spend time in the Bible, the more I realize that knowledge is absolutely not just something that's in your head. It is true knowledge in the biblical sense. It's something that, of course, is, is in there and is, it bounces around there, but it goes into your heart. It affects how you feel and affects how you act. And, and it's in a word, this knowledge affects everything. And it is knowledge of the Son of God. And so it's not just knowing that who Jesus is and what he did. It's really kind of deepened, like, planting in your heart and growing there, and then also bursting out into the things that you do. And so that purpose then, the purpose of this community is to draw us into the knowledge of Christ, of who he is, but that knowledge, again, not just head, but also heart and hands. We're going to try to get into some, some of these things unpacked. And so 
the community of the purpose is to connect us to God, to connect us to God and Christ. Another purpose of the community is to connect us to each other. And we see that there in verse 16. So it talks about the whole body being joined together by every joint with which, is it equi- which, with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so this community... It's, uh, this is great. I wish I would have known this between two worlds before here. But, but the, uh, the, the community, it kind of it puts us into something that's different from the world and that it is something that is like the, the, the analogy here is of a body. So thinking about um, moving parts, thinking about this body imagery, we've got joints and we've got tendons, we've got parts, and it's, it's, it's functioning in different ways. So it's got a greater purpose, but it's, it's functioning in different ways. And um, you know, you guys, brothers and sisters from Ukraine, being sports people, you'll hear this term, you know, this team is greater than the sum of its parts. And that, that's a, that is really true in a lot of sports and a lot of life and a lot of teams. And really in, in the church, too, like we are greater than the sum of our parts. We do better when we work in, in community. And so the purpose of this community connects us with God and connects us with each other. And when it, the image here, so I should have led with this. Do I have any people drawing? Did I mention drawings? Yeah. Getting too too slow. One one thing we used to do in, in one of our house churches in China, and I've got away from this, is I try to think about these in terms of if I have a nine-year-old taking notes, you know, what do we give them? And we had to do pictures. Well, the first first point, this purpose of community, the picture is, and it's it's right here in the passage, is of a ship in a storm. And here we are, let's look at verse 14. And so the purpose is here that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried out by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So that's the mental picture we can think about in terms of if we're, where we're not and where we need to be. Where we're, where we are, so we are without community and where we need to be with it. Where we're not is that ship tossed to and fro amongst the ocean. And one of the things, there's a lot of things that strike as is funny and strange and hard living back in America. I've spent most of my adult life in China, so if I have turns of phrase or things that I don't quite understand, you, you probably know why. But this whole, that idea of the ship being tossed to and fro, it just, it seems so evident in our, in our culture today. And I'm not just talking, I mean, gender is kind of the common one, right? It's uh, Pride Month here, which is everyone's favorite month of the year, right? But, but just that confusion and that, and not to, I don't want to, I don't want to, be because um, it's it's really easy to condemn and say oh that's wrong and this that and the other thing but to, but to really think about this in terms of this is like someone who's in the boat in the middle of an ocean and I've never been there but I don't like storms and I can I just can't imagine how frightening that is to be in the middle of a boat in the ocean without being able to control yourself and really in a sense that's where so much of our of our culture is today and kind of back to between two worlds the world outside is just rife with this tossed in a storm. We, 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 have, we have kids who don't know what, what their gender is, let alone like who made them and, and why. And so this is kind of that, that imagery is really, really powerful. And the, the purpose of community is to bring a rootedness to that, to, to pull us out of the storm, to bring us into a place where we can see ourselves and when we can see God. And so that's the purpose. Then what's the plan? And so the plan of community, that's our second point. And by the way, I think we have 
we have PowerPoints on this, don't we? If you don't, that's no problem. I hope we can work through it. Oh, there's the plan of community. Okay, so we're on to the plan. And if you're drawing your notes today, the image I have is of a house. Now, it's not in the passage, but it's in, it's in other parts of the Bible. And there's a reason I want to do it this way. But we want to start with, imagine a, nice, a big palatial house has to have a foundation. And that's where we're at in verse 11. So look with me. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. So we've got, got five things. Now, I'm not going to delve too deeply on this because the, 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 there wasn't perfect agreement in the commentary, commentaries, and this is, there, there can be a lot of uh, confusing things here. But I do think that it's helpful to think of apostles in terms of, at the time, Paul is talking about definitely himself and the, the 12 apostles, i.e. the disciples of Jesus, I think for our purposes, we can think about the people that, that wrote the Bible. Uh, maybe not anyone else, although there's, there's argument to be made. Some people will call themselves apostles. I think of a, um, a, a really good guy. There's a, a book called, the, or a, the subtitle is The Apostle to, I think it's to Turkestan. I might get in trouble for saying that, but this guy named George Hunter, he spent his whole life working among the people that we worked with, the Muslim people group in Northwest China. I mean, his whole life. He got kicked out, and he was almost trying to crawl back, and he died in his old age. He was just, he spent his entire life, and he considered him an apostle, like bringing God's word to these people, and he actually would run around northwest or central Asia with a, uh, with a cart, with a, it was actually a, a British army, this is in the early 18, early, early 1900s, British army artillery cart that he you know, took the, the cannon off it, and he would sell tracks throughout, and he was, he was considered an apostle, and so th- there might be some argument there, but the point being, like, the apostles brought the, the word of God, what Christ did for us. They, they, they brought it to us. And then you've got prophets, which there's a lot to say here. And I just want to make one brief comment on this. If you read, read your Old Testament prophets. And again, think about, we think about prophets as like predicting the future, like, you know, palm reading, that sort of thing. But really what prophets did the most is to try to change current behavior. And a lot of the predictions were, if you don't repent, this is going to happen. And the problem is they didn't repent and that happened. And I think within the church, we've we got to be really careful about this prophet thing because I've run into people, not just here in the U.S., but overseas, who get really derailed by a leader who will use it for their own gains or will think they have some word of knowledge and they'll kind of control people. And it's almost like, it's a little bit like trying to set people up on a date. It gives you a feeling of power. But, but, but really, unless it's from God, we have to be really careful. And so, but I do think within the community, there's a place for those of us who are going to say, we need to repent and turn, lest God bring judgment, you know, on us individually or maybe on a, on a bigger group in our country. And then, of course, the evangelists, those who tell people about Jesus. And I think you have had Justin Raymer preach here, am I correct? Okay, if you ever have a chance to talk to Justin Raymer, he is a gifted evangelist. I've had a chance to work with a couple of these people. Like, I do it as part of my job, and I need to, and I kind of muddle through it, and I do my best. But some people are really gifted at it. They can just share the gospel in all ways in, in many places, and, and he's one of them. You have a chance to talk to him, uh, just kind of see what he does. He's a real joy to work with. But you can think about these three. And by the way, these are, there's kind of four categories in this, in this passage. You've got the, the, the apostles, prophets, teachers, events, or apostles, prophets, evangelists, the first three. And you can think about it like the apostles being God's word is the foundation of this community. And then the prophets call us to obey it. And then the evangelists are bringing more people in. So that's kind of like the foundation there. And then you've got this pastor and teacher category. And this is, this is what I'm trying to do right now. This is what um, a lot of 
I mean, when you see most, most churches, we're trying to teach what does God's word say? How can we apply it? It's almost kind of like, a, like what the Levites did in the Old Testament in a way. And so with those as the foundation, there's so much more to say. I'm probably just opening a can of worms and letting it run around. You guys can try to figure it out. But, but I want you to think about the house, and that's the point I'm trying to make here, is there's the foundation there, but what you see and where you live in is the house above. And that is, the, is, is verse 12. And here's how it goes in English. So to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. So this, there's actually, so the community is built, and there's kind of three ideas in this passage. And the first one is like to or toward the equipping of the saints. Now this saints is just, don't, don't think about the football team. It's in, where is that football team? I forget. New Orleans, is that right? Sorry, I'm not into football as much as I, but when you said football, I'm like, football? No, no, no. He's talking about the real football. Anyway, so the saints, but, but don't even think about like, you know, saints that you might see on icons or paintings or it's just holy ones. And, and in the common New Testament idea is that's us. That's just the people of God is the saints, not some super special people, but kind of a way to say to equipping everybody. And it's equipping for what? For the work of ministry. This is a really important idea. And in this, the commentators have a lot of agreement is that work is not just for the paid people. Like I'm paid to do God's work right now in a sense. But the, the work is for, for all of us, not just for those that are, that are clergy or that are, you know, oh, well, their, their job is to, to do work. And, and they do a different work. And that's kind of, we have these pa- pastors and teachers idea. But, but really, the community is built for the equipping, or sort of the equipping of the saints in the work of ministry. And then the, in building up the body of Christ, and that's there in verse 12 as well. Yes, the building up of the body of Christ. Again, so this is, this is a thing that you see. It's a thing that you live in. Again, here's that, that house imagery is that we, we, we live together. We're not, we're not in a boat out in the middle of the ocean bouncing around. We are in a firm and stable house within the community of God is what it, what it should be. Now, I have to bring up the problem here because, in fact, as I was thinking this today, I should have had four points. But you know, the teaching seminary is supposed to only have three points. What do you do? And I even had a P. It's a problem. What's the problem? And the problem is that in our culture, we get to choose our community. It's, it's in many ways a blessing. Like we get to choose what church we go to. We get to choose our friends. We get to choose where we live. I and mean, we have the kind of choice that is unprecedented throughout history. And that's a blessing, but it can also be a curse. Because what happens when you choose a community and it just doesn't do what it's supposed to do? Or what happens when you're the problem? You know, what happens when, what happens when, again, well, not again, when you, when you preach a sermon, and this, for those, any of those that have done it, you kind of have to preach it to yourself. And what happens when my community realizes that I'm not all that I want to be, that I'm not all that I present myself to be, and then I fail my community? That's the problem. That happens in every community. That happens in, it happens in, in the church and outside of the church. I would argue perhaps more outside, but still, I don't, want to, I don't want to sugarcoat this. So what happens when people get to know me and know I'm not perfect? What happens when the, what happens when the church does not encourage me uh, to know God? You know, I, I work with a lot of immigrants, and um, one of my friends in particular, I, I spent a lot of time trying to help him explain that the things that he is really hurt by within the community, there's, there's some explanation for it, and 
that he needs to have heart to remember that, well, you're not perfect either, and, and we're not perfect. And, but that's a problem. There's a problem of broken community. And this passage really speaks into that, and that's point three, to the power of community. And we're in verse 15. So let's start the second half of the verse. Um, So we're to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. And if you just listen to one thing in my sermon, this is it. Like it is, it is all about Christ. Christ is not just our example. Um, You know, I work with Muslims a lot and they have this idea that they, they, they believe in Christ and they'll tell you, we believe in Jesus. You know, we believe he's a prophet and all these things, but really he was just an example not quite as good as Muhammad, and maybe perhaps a little better than Noah. I don't know where they put him on the hierarchy, but he's just an example. But that's the power that undergirds this community is Christ, not just an example, but as the Savior. And not just the one that teaches us what to do, but the one who saves us from the brokenness that we all experience even today. And so that idea when you... Um, that idea should bring out a, a, a few things. I'm just kind of uh, pull this out a little bit. And then the first one is humility. I think this is a this is a big deal. I feel this in D.C. It's really hard to hard to see humility. It's I was in a meeting not too long ago, and this was a meeting that I should have been speaking up on. It was actually, it was actually about evangelism and stuff, and it was, it was a pretty large group. And I was in the meeting for about an hour and a half and didn't say anything, and I kind of regret it. Because it's so hard. It's so hard to like push yourself in some, in some circles in our city. It's so hard to, to kind of put yourself out there because, and for me, I, I overdo it and I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk until I know exactly how it's, I can say it. It's why I'm always nervous before I preach and all this sort of thing. But, but the point is, there is a certain humility that really undergirds what we can do. And I can go home and say, okay, that wasn't good. And that was, I'm not perfect. You know what? Jesus. I am brought into the community of Jesus. I'm brought into his people. And that's what made me. That's what makes you is the fact that we don't succeed and strive. And we, we do in a sense, but not ultimately. Ultimately, it is God through Christ who has brought us into this community. We were broken. We were rebelling against God. We were, our, our, our families, our communities, things, things were broken. And he brought us in. And we should never forget that that's what makes our community. That is the power of our community that, that none other have. This is the power that, of course, not going to be mentioned in Kung Fu Panda because he was encouraged by the people around him, but he didn't have anything inside of him coming from the outside. He was asked to look at the dragon scroll and look at himself as if that's helpful. Because honestly, when we look at ourselves, more often than not, if we're honest, we're going to see the problems. But the thing that brings us together community is Christ, and that is the power. And it should give us humility to remember where we came from. It should give us joy in the here and now to remember that in a sense we're playing, we're living and playing with house money because it is it's God who's working in us. God has made us. It doesn't phase God when, we, when our communities are broken, when we are the problem in our community. And it should give us hope for what is ahead because all of us in Christ will see one another, no matter how transient we are moving from here to there. And then the power of community then will launch us into this all-encompassing idea. And this is in verse 15a. And it goes, rather speaking the truth in love. And um, if you Greek nerds want to get in there, you're going to see that there's no speaking there. It's actually truthing in love, but we don't have that in English. How do you do truthing in love? But the, the important idea is, 
not just the words we say. We hear the speaking in truth and love, which is great. I'm really glad this verse I've seen pop up in a, a bunch of places. It's really good. But it's not, it's not just speaking. It's truthing. It's like everything. Everything we do should be done with a connection to truth in God and with a connection to love one another. And as I was thinking about how to explain this, um, the, I mean, the picture, and this is, by the way, the, if you're drawing your outline, this is the cross. The power of community is in the cross. And to think about what Jesus was doing on the cross, truthing in love. Like, he was absolutely showing love to us. But the reason he, he hung there and took the shame and the pain and the torture was for us, was for our rebellion against God, was to, to, to really deeply dive into that truth. He took the truth, he truthed it in love. And so that gets back then to the, the example that Jesus was for us, but not just the example, the power that comes, that, that Jesus gives us coming from inside, with inside us, bleh, coming from the inside to the outside. And so to end here, I'd like to bring a few application points. And as I, I thought about where, where you guys are and are probably going to go, I imagine a bunch of you have to move in the next few years or something. I mean, with it, and it's common in our city. I think it's especially common here. How do I, you know, how can I encourage you? And to take this with a grain of salt, this is where the, uh, the, the preacher teacher is hoping to, to bring, hoping to give you a reason why you answer why this matters. And I would, you know, the first, the first point is, is of application pretty easy. It's to lean into those community groups that you're, I imagine, already a part of. Probably officially, you've got, you've got Bible studies. I, I, I see it on the website. That's really, really good. And honestly, a cool thing about this church is it feels like a community group. I really like that we could stop and, you know, make, <laughs> have a bathroom break before the, well, the kids are going. Anyway, so, but lean into those community groups. I think that's really good. And part of that is community and service. And the, we found some of the best community to be when you're doing something together. And I've noticed, so at For the Nations, I headed up the, I'm the executive director, and so I kind of head all three of our sites. But I also, on a day-to-day, I'm, I'm running site in Falls Church, which is why if you're in Alexandria, I don't get to see a whole lot, which is kind of a bummer. But, but one of the things that I notice that makes it really healthy, when I, when I see the healthy community, just like a, a healthy work environment, is when we're not just serving refugees and asylum seekers, but we're caring for each other, we're praying for each other. We know what's going on in family. When somebody's gone for a, an issue with their family, like we're, we're praying for them and, and we're helping them out. And I think that is a really important part to, to apply. So lean into those small groups, but even look, in, look for community and places of service. Because again, you are the saints equipped to do the work of the ministry. And a next one would be to, to think about, this is maybe not so hard here, or maybe it isn't, to, but look outside your normal affinity groups. We've got, it's really, in our culture, we've got all this bifurcated everything. We've got the, you know, the singles groups with their 20s, and then the singles groups in the 30s, and then the ones in 40s, or whatever. And we've got all these different uh, groups, but look to break through those groups, because the community is diverse, not just in terms of our race, which we talk about a lot, which we absolutely are, but in terms of how much, you know, what our, how much money we make, and where we live, and our age, all of those things. Look to kind of break those things down, because I think that makes a better community, that, that, that moves uh, together better. better. And then the, the next one would be, um, encourage you to maintain this community even through your move. I remember a, a 
one really dear family, the, the Dunn family who we work with in, in China. We're, we're still connected with them. We need to, we need to plan our... <laughs> our but but there, are, there are relationships that really can, um, can continue beyond even when you move. I'm sure you've seen this too. I'm sure there's a lot of people that are in other places around the world that have moved. But, but the, the challenge in, our, you know, in 2023, we can pick our community and that adds problems. But we do have such an ability to communicate with them. So I'd encourage you to, to still lean into that. Think about the people that left and, and check up on them and see how, the, how they're doing and, and try to maintain that community. And then I have to, we got to talk about drawing others into the, this community. I mean, this is a house and we want to invite people in. And I think about the, the story I wanted to um, talk to you about. is my friend Alex. He's a, a Muslim that came to faith. And as I was thinking about this, Community was a huge part of drawing him to know the Lord. He had heard, and from a lot of different people, talk about the body, like I'm kind of the, the weird, introverted type and doesn't talk much. It might, not, might surprise you that if I'm preaching, but that's me. But then there's like, there's the old, you know, Chinese Shurfu. I mean, he reminded me of Shurfu is this guy. He was my, my Chinese friend who knew my friend. My friend was Alex. He's a, a Muslim guy, Uyghur ethnicity. And he... He told me a lot of things. I mean, he, would, he was impacted by community in very different ways. So I'm the kind of tall, gangly American, and then we've got this kind of shorter kung fu master type Chinese guy. And then there's the super hip missionary from Uzbekistan who, you know, is wearing the... He was wearing tight pants before they were cool again. I mean, this is just a really cool guy. And, of course, he's speaking a similar language. And, there's, and then there's the ultra quiet. If you think I'm an introvert, you've seen this, this Chinese guy, my friend Jerry. He is like, he hardly ever talks. You have to just draw things out of him, but it's just a deep well. And so my friend Alex, who was a Muslim, has seen all of these people in very different ways and different cultures. And it really, it really was compelling to him in one of the things that drew him into faith. And so looking for opportunities to draw people in, because I heard this term in missions, we talk about a thing called the 1040 window which is 10 degrees north latitude to 40 degrees south latitude, and it's where the vast majority of the world's quote-unquote unreached people groups live, like people who have never heard of the gospel or if they've heard of the Bible or something, it's, it's very, very wrong. They may have never met a Christian before. Well, there is a mirror 1040 window in really in our country and in our city. You're going to find people from every tongue, tribe, and nation in this city. And we see this in For the Nations. You're going to see this in your neighborhoods. You're going to see this in places that you work. And so the opportunity to draw people in, to bring them out from the storm tossing about into a firm house is, is immense. And then finally, just keep it going back to the gospel, remembering that we're, we're all on the same page. We're saved by, by grace. And to, and to look how God is working in others, to look how the ear is. If you're a thumb, to look how the ear is functioning. If you're a toe, to look how the knee is functioning. And really to celebrate that. Because, and there's, here's our big idea, if uh, you, you missed it all, the big idea here is we must invite Christ into our lives so that he will give us the humility, hope, and joy to grow in that kind of eternal community that God created us for, or in shorthand. And by the way, this band can come up here while I finish. Um, to know the purpose, to apply the plan, and to embrace the power. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you have made us for community. Thank you that you have made us for community that will draw us to you and draw us to each other and that has given us the power to do so. And I pray that you would help me and help all of us to lean into that in wisdom and in faith. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.